Welcome back, everyone. This is Amanda Desocito, CEO of My Mountain Mover. And today on today's episode of the Pinnacle Podcast, we have Stephen Amaya and Ben Herrera with the Amaya Group. Welcome, guys. Thanks so much for being on the podcast. How are you? Good, good. Thanks for having us. Doing good. Thanks again. Good. Well, welcome, guys. We're super excited to have you. Um, These guys are the best of the best. They are the number four team in California right now. In 2019, they closed 348 transactions, and they're the number one team in Moreno Valley and Riverside. So we're excited to see um, how you guys are doing this. What are your next steps for the future? How you've handled coronavirus? So we're just going to dive right in and get started. So Stephen, why don't we start with you? Tell us a little bit about yourself um, and why you even wanted to start such a thing as a Maya group? Well, it was all by accident, really. Um, just was a top producing solo agent and then just had more business than I could handle. Um, hired an assistant. That assistant then became my first buyer's agent. And then she hired her replacement. And then it just kind of grew from there. Crazy, crazy. So and all by many, accident. How many team members do you have today? Uh, that's a bad question. I can't keep track. 29. <laughs> 29, about to have 30. Nice. That's amazing. That's amazing. So Ben, where did you kind of come into the picture? So I came into the picture four years ago. I started real estate eight years ago, just as a Mesio receptionist for a real estate company that I'll uh, remain unnamed. Uh, Steven took a chance with me and we took a chance with the team and grew it to where it's at today. So it's been an exciting journey for sure. That's amazing. That's amazing. Four years of solid growth. Yeah, seriously. So, Stephen, tell me a little bit about that process. Like, you kind of said it was on accident. You're just getting started. How in the world did you go from that point to where you guys are now? Um, so, there was no teams in my market back when I started a team. So, there was really, like, nobody to, um, you know, mentor me or anything. So, then I decided to join the coaching program uh, through mm-hmm. Tom Ferry. And there's where I met a lot of the people that I've kind of, grown with and, um, you know, learn from and learn how to build a team from. So, um, mm. without that coaching, I probably wouldn't have built the team or if I would, I would have failed a lot more. Mm. Mm. Interesting. Interesting. So when you joined that group, what are kind of the most, um, vital things that you learned from that experience or things that you would recommend other agents? Like if they're looking on building their own team someday or they're getting started in the real estate industry, what do you kind of recommend that they do? Um, definitely find a mentor that's already done it. It's already made the mistakes. Mm. Um, systems are huge. I'm terrible with systems. That's where Ben really comes in. Um, so, I mean, if you find the things that you're not good at and hire or find the things that you're not good at and hire those people to do it for you. Mm. Um, because if you try to do everything, you're, you're not going to end up doing anything. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm really good at delegating um, and finding talent, really. That's great. That's great. So, Ben, expand on that a little bit for me. Like when you came in, what are kind of the things that you started to implement, the systems and the software? So when I came in, uh, there were no systems really in place. Um, What we started to do is um, we dove deeper into our CRM. At that time, we had real geeks. Now we've graduated and we we use Boomtown now, which is on a whole nother level, um, at least in my own opinion, as far as what CRMs can offer. Um, so from there, uh, we just dialed that in, figured out how to utilize all the services that come with it, 
and how to incorporate it back into the agent's businesses, um, you know, utilizing as far as follow up um, and just keeping just keeping a clear database for your clients and like one go to place. Mm. Interesting. And in terms of team accountability, because I know you guys are huge on communication within your team and holding your team accountable and pushing them to the next level, like explain that process to me a little bit. Um, so it just depends on what it is. So right now we have a partnership with Zillow where now um, Ben is tracking, you know, where those leads are going. It's accountability. We meet with them every Monday, and Wednesday. Um, so it's it's accountability in all aspects. If And it's an option on the team. If you don't feel like you need it, if you're already questioning it and you're like, well, this is just too much. I already know what I need to do. And that's fine. But for the newer people or the people that need uh, a little more accountability, we just hired a sales manager who yeah. happens to be like our top agent on our team. Um, she's been really helpful helping the newer agents and the, like I said, the agents that need more accountability. So they have three, they can really go to the team. Like we are a real team. Everybody can go to everybody for help. Um, mm. Everybody's always willing to help, but they have three people they can go to now um, for mentorship or, you know, especially with Ben, he's really familiar with all the contracts and legal aspect. Mm. So they can always go to him for that. And for sales, it's usually me or Gabby. Got it. Got it. So the benefits of joining the team, you kind of just mentioned, right? It's accountability. You have that support built in. You have the communication. If you don't know something, you can ask one of your teammates, right? So if someone is new coming into the real estate industry, is that what you recommend that they kind of start out in a team um, or what's kind of been the experience of new agents on your team? So at first we were trying to hire more experienced agents, but that's, mm-hmm. I think that's kind of changed. We've actually taken a shift this year um, just because the new agents seem a little more eager and, you know, we could train them the way that we're used to doing Not You know, mm-hmm. a lot of them came in with bad habits and um, you know, we're just training them the right way. So them coming in and with all the leads that we have, they can close a deal a month on their first year, which is unheard of um, mm-hmm. on most other people trying to do it on their own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think the I think the feedback that I've been getting from the new agents too is, is like when they try it as a solo agent, they're like, I, I always knew that I needed to be on a team. I needed that structure, I needed that support, I needed that that mentorship, that accountability. And they're not gonna get that, you know, in a in a in a brokerage style setting. So yeah. brand new yeah. agents need a team for the structure for sure. Totally, totally. So kind of piggybacking that off, um, what are your kind of your top five systems in our software that you recommend to all agents, some that you guys can't live without on your team? Any CRM, as long as you have a CRM where you're able to keep track of, you know, all your past, current and future clients, that's a must. You know, there's no way you can run a business, a real estate business without a CRM. Mm-hmm. So you don't need to go as expensive as Boomtown like we did. Um, that's like the most expensive platform. We just did it because it makes sense for the team. Um, so mm-hmm. we, we don't spare any expenses when it comes to the team, but as a solo agent, I would use anything, even just Google, um, that's free, just mm-hmm. something that you can, you know, have them all in one place. So that way, if like we do team events every quarter, so when you're doing a, an event for your clients, you can just email them all at one time or, you know, send a text box last, um, and invite everybody at once. So knowing where everything is, um, having that drip campaign for after you, even after you close the sale is huge because, you know, I think most uh, most clients forget who their agent is after they sell the house. So when they decide to sell again in, you know, three to seven years, they don't even remember who they are or how to even reach them. So um, mm. having that and being in constant contact with them is, is huge. Uh, 
most of our business is repeat clients or um, referrals from our past clients. So mm. uh, even though we do a ton of Zillow, we still get more from uh, referrals than anything else. Mm. Um, social media, I think, is number two. So that way, you know, you stay relevant. You have your social um, presence. Um, so people see, you know, you just sold a house or um, even if, you know, even if you don't, if you're with RMA, you can use somebody that is with RMA. You can use their sales and just say, hey, look, we my company just sold. We just sold this house on 123 Main Street. So it makes the agent look like they're killing it, even mm. though it's not with that agent. It's actually the team. Mm. So once they have that social proof, then they can kind of build from there because socially they look like they're selling a house every single week. Yeah. So social media, I think, is huge. Um, I think for us, all of our all of our systems are more team oriented. I'm trying to think of things that are more for the individual agent. Um, keeping current matters. It's like twenty bucks a month. That's worth mm. every penny. Um, I think really masterminding with other agents that are, you know, where you want to be. Um, I feel like we keep leveling up, leveling up. But I remember when I first started, I wanted to do, you know, 30 deals as a solo agent. So I would find other people that were doing 30 deals. Mm. And when I grew from that, then I was like, okay, I want to do somebody that's doing 50 deals. Well, now I want somebody, a team that's doing 100 deals. And then you just kind of go up from there. Yeah. It's not mostly systems. It's the people you're surrounding yourself with. And, uh, and just kind of seeing what they're doing, especially with the Tom Ferry organization, we're able to do that with people across the country. So they're more than willing to share because obviously they're not in your marketplace and they're not worried about yeah. you stealing their ideas and you know taking their market share. So um, I think that's more important than any other system. Yeah. If I can, if I can add, if I can add one thing too that I feel like most agents don't utilize is tracking and measuring. Um, we have Sisu, which actually tracks and measures. The, the calls that are being made, the text messages that are being said, uh, sent, the emails that are being sent. And what mm. that does is that lets us know what what the agent's conversion rate is. And if mm. they don't know how many phone calls they need to make to make one appointment, then you're just going to be calling profusely and never, you know, till you're blue in the face. Mm. So one huge thing that I think that is not being taken advantage of is tracking and measuring your business. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's so true. I mean, even with my mountain mover, we live by the numbers, right? Because like Max always says, numbers never lie, right? So if you're not (laughs) performing, how are you supposed to know? Especially, you know, with marketing, social media, um, it's huge. You can post all you want or brand or, you know, spend time doing blog posts or whatever. But if there's no ROI on that, then, you know, that what's the point of doing that? Absolutely. Awesome. Awesome. So as the number four team in California, how are you guys staying ahead of the curve? What's this year been like for you guys? How did you handle coronavirus and where do you guys see yourself um, finishing off the year? I think luckily for us, we were already so digital. Uh, I think we're a little advanced compared to Mm. most agents and most teams. So we were kind of prepared for it. Oddly enough, Uh, we were already starting to do virtual um, buyers seminars and things like that. So we had the, the uh, presentations already done. We just had to tweak it a little bit for you know for COVID. Um, so we were lucky there. It was a rough start. Uh, our numbers were terrible um, during that time. But mm. now, I mean, well, now anybody, any decent agent's killing it right now. Um, yeah. But you know, we went from maybe doing having twenty deals in escrow to now we're averaging seventy five. Um, wow. so it's just, it's, yeah, we had a rough start. We probably won't close as much as we did last year, to be honest with you. Um, uh, we'll probably be pretty close, but that COVID did kill us at the beginning, but mm. it's definitely so how, did made us stronger. You, how did you recover from that point? I mean, obviously the market just exploded, 
But internally, like if you guys were down and then went to 75 in escrow, how, how did you guys do that? Um, we pretty much had to double down on everything. We were paying for Zillow. Uh, mm. Instead of a lot of people were dropping their market spend because they're freaking out. I think mm. we upped it by like five grand. Wow. Um, so just not being afraid, just having the balls to go out there and do whatever it takes. Um, yeah. You know, keeping the morale up as much as we can. Um, the weekly team meetings were big because people were, you know, team was depressed. People were just depressed. Mm. We're trying to find ways to keep everybody motivated and, you know, the whole, we're going to get through this thing. Um, so, I mean that the people that were working, were working and we were supplying more leads for them just to, you know, so everybody can stay afloat. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we only had like one or two deals fall out, um, that were already in escrow due to COVID. But wow. I think we're telling them something else anyway. So mm-hmm. then after that, then when March hit, it just went crazy. Yeah. So I feel like we didn't start our year till like March. Yeah. I'm sure most teams uh, and agents feel that way for sure. What about you, Ben? Any uh, tips or things that you have to add? I think just like what we've been focusing on lately is just getting more strategic with our offers because, you know, there's the inventory is low. So there's multiple offers being placed on properties. And so it's just getting strategic. What can we offer? What can we help, you know, to pay for or whatever the case may be. Um, so we, like Stephen mentioned, we utilized our, um, our team meetings to just like mastermind sessions on what's going on, like what struggles they need. And we kind of just work together and work through it. And, mm-hmm. and our, we, uh, like he said, bringing our morale together and keeping, keeping the positivity that, you know, it's going to be over soon is, is what definitely helped pull everybody out of their slump. And yeah. together as a team, we we're, we're still pressing through and, you know, we're having, we have our most pending that we've ever had in the history of the MI group. So I can say that COVID didn't keep us down for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. That's awesome. So in terms of kind of where you think the market's heading, what are you kind of seeing um, for the end of the year and now going into 2021? I don't think it's going to change very much. I think we're going to see what we saw the second half of this year all through next year. That's what, I, what I'm predicting. Mm. Um, and I think we're better prepared. So, I mean, our goal is 500 deals next year. Nice. That's awesome. So that's kind of what was my next question was going to be, what are your projections and goals for this year and then going into next year? So you said 500 um, deals next year. How are you going to get there? What are your kind of the steps that you're planning on taking to get there? Um, I think our systems are, our systems are better than they've ever been. Mm. Um, we have all, we're hiring all the right people. The culture is better than it's ever been, I think, on our team. So that alone just drives everybody. Uh, we have a partnership with Zillow. We're getting a ton of buyer leads. So that's also been helping. Hopefully next year we can get back to doing our client appreciation events that we do every quarter. Um, because of COVID, we haven't been able to do that this year. Yeah. But that those are huge for us. And it's just unfortunate we haven't been able to do any of them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think we're obviously going to need to hire more people. Yeah. So are you guys growing? You want to expand? Kind of what's your team number for next year? Um, I think we're, Ben said we're at almost 30 agents now, um, maybe 40. I don't know. Let's yeah. See. Yeah. Fire some and keep it at 30. I'm not sure. <laughs> fire some and hire some just depends on, on where we're going. Yeah, totally. That's awesome. So the people that see our vision are going to be with us and we're going to keep them in the people that, um, you know, that don't, or that just aren't motivated enough or coachable enough. Mm. Uh, we fire more than we hire here. So, mm. uh, 
we're very we're very particular on who we want on our team. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they don't fit the culture, we just won't hire them. So tell me a little bit about how did this VA concept come about to you guys? Right, you're growing, the market's exploding. You heard about our virtual assistant company. What what were your initial thoughts when you heard about a VA and um, how has she been doing? I know she's been with you guys a little over a month now. So what has that experience kind of been like? Um, so I knew we needed more help. I just didn't want to. Our budget was way high and I was like, I don't know if I can afford anybody else. Yeah. But luckily, you know, with the VA, it's less than hiring somebody in California. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that was my initial thought process behind it was let's get somebody for way cheaper than it would be to actually have somebody physically here. Yeah. Um, and like I've, I've had VAs before and we use them for like an ISA mm-hmm. and because of the accent or them not knowing how to pronounce even the city, right. The yeah. buyers were turned off cause they can tell. So yeah. I think what we're doing now is we're uh, having them do more of the back end stuff and they don't really talk to the clients. So that's been helpful. Um, I don't know. Ben's mostly been in charge of the VA. So so I can honestly tell you that when I was first approached with the thought of the VA, I'm like, no, virtual. I like people to be here in person in the office. And like what Steven said, it was more cost effective to go that route. And, you know, you always hear the thing you get what you pay for. We don't pay as much as we should for a virtual assistant, but she's been absolutely amazing. Quick to learn everything, our systems, you know, it was it was it was seamless to transfer the job duties that we've given her over. So I can honestly say that I will live with the passion for virtual assistance now, um, and and you know promote it as much as I can. I think that it's going to be huge. And now that we we know what they're capable of doing, um, our goal is to obviously make things less paperwork, less you know time consuming stuff. Pull that away from the agent so they could focus on new business. Mm-hmm. They can easily do data inputting for us. Um, and do things like that. So what we're going to start doing is we're going to start um, utilizing her to take some stuff off our agents' plates when they're too busy to do, you know, to write an offer or whatever. Like they can, you know, set up a template for us and stuff like that. So um, we're we're going to definitely be growing in in the aspect of VAs and and start utilizing them a lot more than what we currently have been using. Yeah, that is so awesome. That is so funny that you said that because it seems to be the common trend when. People hear initially a virtual assistant, their initial reaction is not always positive, which is which is interesting to me. It's like the concept of a virtual assistant is kind of um, like you said, it's they're harder to work with, they're harder to train, their uh, level of experience sometimes isn't always there. But I think that's what's so cool about our company is that we only choose the top 2% of our virtual assistants, right? They go right. through this extreme vetting process. They go through a training process. You get to basically customize and say, okay, I want this quality. I want this level of experience. I want them to be able to have knowledge in this type of software, right? And we kind of piece together your own virtual assistant so that it's a really, really good match from the beginning, right? And so that they should be um, showing results within the first month, you know? So... I'm so happy to hear that. That's awesome that your virtual assistant is doing so well. What are kind of the tasks that you're having her do um, currently? So right now we just have her setting up um, our listings. So the agents, when they get an executed contract, they'll send that over to her with a take sheet. Um, She'll input everything into the MLS, order photos. Um, So what the agent really has to do uh, is just go in, review the MLS and hit submit listing and everything's ready to go for them. Um, we're going to, now we're going to start working on giving her a few other items that, you know, just 
side jobs and side tasks that agents don't have time to do mm-hmm. and put notes into certain systems and so forth. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for having um, you guys on the podcast. It was an honor to have you and we're so excited to see what you guys are going to do in the future. Let us know if you um, need any help with your virtual assistants. We're always here. And as always, thank you guys for listening to the Pinnacle podcast and we'll see you next time.